Thank you, Ray. I might just go grab this. Sorry, I'm not running away. Just get myself sorted. Jesus is Lord, amen? He really is. And he, the more we get a hold of that, the more he can use us. And, um, and I think um, there's a reason why Paul prays for the church, that they would grow in their understanding of the gospel, because I think we can understand it, but we can always understand it more, you know what I mean? Um, it's been really on my heart this morning to pray for the church. Can I have permission to pray for the church? Is that all right? Pastor, elders, yeah? All right. I'll just, um, yeah. Father, we just come before you. We bring this church before you. We thank you so much for the position that it holds in this community. We thank you that, Lord, is positioned to be your light, your beacon. And we thank you that, Lord Jesus, your plans for this place were good plans, Lord. And we just pray against the schemes and the forces of the enemy, the dark one. We pray against the spirit of division. We just pray against the spirit of fear and religion. We just pray for the freedom of your Holy Spirit to blow through this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come move and do your work in this place. We thank you for the flow of God that's going to go out into this community and the flow of the community that's coming, coming for the transaction that takes place when we yield to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you that this is your house. This is your place. We just invite you to do your work, Lord God, both today and in the future. We praise you. We praise you. We, we lift up your name on high, Lord. Your name has been lifted up on high, and so we choose. So, Lord, yield to you every problem, every adversity, every mountain. We yield it to you because your name has been lifted above all of them. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, dear God. We praise you. May you bless us this morning with your word. Amen. So, um, yeah, Kamilsa and I and the kids have been on this journey towards Japan for a while now, and um, and it's good, you know. Like, and since he called us, we've We've had a couple of children, and we've bought and sold a house, and I've done some study, and it, it really hasn't felt like waiting. It's just knowing that that calling's there and pursuing the next thing. Um, and um, as it currently stands, we really feel like God's calling us to um, go to Japan, to a city of Kyoto. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were worshipping at home. We've also got a vision of a temple. Uh, it's a key temple within the Kyoto area. Anyone knows Japan, they'll know that Kyoto is the spiritual center of Japan. It's the heart of Japan. It's where the old imperial capital used to be. 
It's where there's the largest concentration of um, Shinto shrines, Buddhist temples. It's the works. It's like um, it's the spiritual hotspot, if you like. Um, and I was like, great. Can't you send us to Okinawa, Lord? <laughs> I'd like to go live by the beach. But no, I think God chooses the hard places because that's where his glory shines the most, yeah? That's where his glory shines the most. And I think there's a, there's a hunger and there's a need in Kyoto in the wider area. I was talking to one of the field leaders over there recently. He said his wife is from Hiroshima. Everyone knows Hiroshima. It was one of the sites where the, the hydrogen bomb was landed. And um, how could we forget that? And she said, in her area, there's whole towns and villages, there's, there's zero witness. No church, no believer that's known. Okay, so what you've got to understand is while Japan is a, a modern country, while it's advanced, it's also um, terribly backward in the spirit. They've, there's no real witness that can sustain itself. It's called what they call a, an unreached people group. Um, and it's the largest unreached people group in the world that has completely free access to missionaries. It's completely open, thanks to the Americans. They, when they signed the Constitution, we all know that Japan signed the Constitution with America after World War II. They said we won't be, we'll have a defense force, but it'll be strictly for defense. Um, but also, uh, a clause in there said, and we will issue tourist, uh, tourist visas, religious visas, right? So we're one of the privileged few missionaries um, that is going to be able to obtain a visa for the actual work that we want to do, which is amazing. Praise the Lord, you know? That, to my knowledge, the only one other one was Thailand, and that's becoming harder and harder and harder. So uh, for that, we can give, give thanks. Um, I'm not going to go on too much about logistics. Currently, Japan is um, not issuing visas, any visas. So um, even if we wanted to, we couldn't obtain a visa right now. But nonetheless, we're gathering everything that we need so that when the time has come, we'll be able to obtain that visa. And we're hoping that that departure date will be February, March. Um, in the meantime, we're living out in Gordonton, and most of my time is spent doing language learning. Uh, for those that know my story, I, I lived in Japan for a couple of years, and then I went back as a university student. Um, still didn't know the the Lord then, still hadn't met Jesus. Um, and then when I met Jesus, God called us, gave, put Japan on our hearts to go. And I was like, oh, that, I guess that kind of makes sense. So, um, so I have actually been hitting the books again, and I'm hoping to obtain uh, the formal requirement for language learning for serving in Japan before we get there, which would be a huge, huge help for us as a family, um, not to have to be involved in any kind of formal language learning. Um, what we're going to do there, um, just last week I had the same thing spoken over me. Both of us have a, a, a mantle and, a, and, a, and a, a, a gifting that God's put on us um, to plow new ground, a pioneering spirit, to go where there's no church before. So the, the whole purpose of the agency we belong to is to go to the hard places, to plow new ground, to plant a church where there's nothing. Okay, And that's our heart. That's, our, that's the cry of our heart, to go where there's nothing and and see God produce something, you know? You can only do that when you're completely yielded. You can only do that when you know that Jesus is Lord, and you're not, yeah? Because the strategies of man can only take you so far. You really have to um, look to God for cues in that situation, and, and that's what he's been teaching us in this last season. So that's where we're going. Um, 
I want to sort of, often I know with missionary talks we can, uh, you can really labor on the details and really by the time you've made it to the door you've lost half the details, you know. So, and especially because we're still in the process of going, um, I really had it on my heart to share what God's been teaching us about how we go, how we're doing mission already here in New Zealand and how we actually go. Because, you know what, if you tell someone that you're going to Japan, you'll get one of two responses, and I think I've shared this before. The first is, you're going to Japan, why would you go there? You know, someone that doesn't know missions so much considers Africa or South America or some of these developing countries as more of a uh, typical sending, uh, rece- a receiving country, a field. Um, the other is, if people do know missions, they say, Japan, that's a hard place. So for me, neither of those are that um, encouraging, to be honest. Um, so I said to God a couple of years ago when I was going to Japan for a couple of weeks, um, show us where you're moving. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of hearing where you're not moving. And he did. He faithfully um, showed me his hand moving over a few churches, and we got to pray for people and see see people come to the Lord and healed and delivered and whatever, and it was, it was awesome. And, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of that. Um, so, so, yeah, uh, the first thing I need to sort of share is that J- Japan might be hard in the flesh, but it's not too hard for my God. And I've got to keep that front and center. It's not too hard for God. It's not too hard for God. I remember having that conversation after we saw two young men outside Shibuya Station, which is one of the, probably the largest train station in the world, at least not, one of the large, definitely one of the largest in Japan, probably in the world. Um, and we saw two young men give their life to the Lord on two different, different groups of people. I said, God, this isn't supposed to happen. This is Japan, and Japan's hard. And he said to me, I heard it so clearly, hard for who? And I felt like this big. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's a good word. Preach it, God. All right. So this morning, I want to um, just share a little bit from Matthew 17, um, starting at verse 1. Uh, you'll know this uh, piece of scripture as the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, when Jesus shone um, as, as, as white as the sun. And, and that's awesome. Like, I love that, that encounter that um, Peter, John, and James had. Um, sorry, Peter, James, and John. I don't know if the order matters, but so I'm just going to read from verse 1, and and we'll just see what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. Okay, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led him up a high mountain by um, themselves. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good that we are here? If you wish, we'll make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And as he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my beloved son, who, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard us, they fell on their face and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. I'm just going to stop there for a second. This is awesome. I love this passage of Scripture. I love the way that God chooses to reveal His glory. You know, like it was almost as if um, the veil 
to heaven was opened a little bit, and they could actually see Jesus as he is. He was glorified. He was white. He was the spotless lamb that was, that was about to be slain for, the, for everyone. You know, he was just revealed as he actually was in the spirit. And, the, and, and these guys saw him speaking with Moses and Elijah. And the interesting thing is you had Jesus and you had the law, Moses, and you had the prophets, Elijah, all talking together. But when God comes, he said what? Listen to who? Listen to Jesus. Listen to my son. You know, think about that. These, these men at the time, they had the law. They knew the prophets. This, is, this was their understanding of God. And God said, listen to my son. The law, the prophets, they speak of my son. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what he says. And when, and when John, uh, sorry, what was it? It, it was uh, Peter kind of freaked out a little bit and was like, um, oh, let me make a tent for you guys. Let me make a booth. And, and, um, and then and God comes and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And then the, the, the awesome thing was they fall on their face terrified and Jesus touches them and says, rise, have no fear. And I, I just think this is so relevant right now, not just for us as we're, we're stepping into so much unknown, but as a church, as a, as a nation, um, there's so many voices. And God's saying, listen to my son. Listen to my son. His, his word never changes. It's always the same. It's always good. And Jesus is saying, rise and have no fear. And I just, I sense that word for this church, rise, have no fear. Lift up, stand in the truth, listen to Jesus, go forth. Yeah? And, and it's definitely the heart that God's been putting on us. We need to listen to God. We need to listen to Him. We need to listen to Him. It's so tempting to come up with strategies and plans, and we could do this, that, and the other thing. Ooh, uh, you, know, you know how we do it, and we look at the situation, and, and God's just saying, just listen to my son. Just listen to my son. And so... Um, yeah, and the, the reality is you go to Bible college, you, you learn missionary training, you learn all the strategies, um, you learn what people have done, what, what we've seen work and, and everything, and then when you, when you really come to it, you look at this nation, you look at a nation that has five million more gods than we do in this nation have people. God, uh, Japan has eight million gods, yeah? So if I come to Japan and I say, here's my God, um, I need a strategy, right? I need to be able to convince them that my God's bigger than their God. And, and, and to be honest, you could. But generally, you don't talk people into the kingdom of God. Not by my experience. Generally, as Paul found out, because Paul tried that in Athens, and his fruit in Athens wasn't really that great. You know, he went to the Areopagus or whatever, he, he preached the gospel, and, and actually there was pretty little response in Athens. He went down the road, and he demonstrated the gospel in power and authority in Corinth, or Philippi, um, and boom, the church, yeah? So it's not about how much we know about the scripture, it's how much we can walk in the scripture, become the scripture, become that living epistle, right? Sorry, I've lost myself there, I was... All right, um, 
So let's keep going. So they come down the hill, and Jesus is like, um, yeah, don't share this with anyone until I'm, you know, resurrected. Because what he's revealing is uh, the new covenant. Jesus is king. Everything yields to Jesus. But that's not, that hasn't quite been ushered in yet. So he's not wanting them to go and say, you know, listen to Jesus. Um, Jesus is lifted higher than, that's, that's not quite there yet. So there's that sort of dialogue taking place. Then they come back to quite a scene, right? And this is what I want to sort of focus in on. So verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man came to them, kneeling before them, and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic, and he suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, and this I don't know, this kind of stings a bit. Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. And then the disciples came to him privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Because don't, don't forget that a few chapters back, God sent them out two by two, and they were, they were doing this. They were living this. They were seeing people, the, the, the demons cast out. They were seeing the healed the sick healed. They were seeing God move. And then they encountered this one. And Jesus' response was, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. And then um, some Bibles add, 21, some remove it, I'm not quite sure why, but, and, and then he adds, but this kind will never come out except with prayer and fasting. Now, if you read Mark 9, you might, you might think that um, Jesus is talking about a particular kind of demon that you have to fast and pray for to get that kind out. Uh, but when you look at the rest of the, uh, the Gospels of this, it, what he's really talking about is faith. He's addressing faith. And he's not necessarily angry with the man that's bringing him his son. That, that stinging comment was actually directed at his disciples. Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? Yeah? So it begs the question, why couldn't they actually get this demon out when they'd been seeing it a few chapters ago? Well, we kind of get a hint in the scripture, and it says, he falls, he's an epileptic. He falls down. He makes a scene. He, he writhes and on the ground in the dirt and, and foams at the mouth. Who knows that when you're praying for someone, that would be a little bit off-putting. Yeah? Especially if you don't see it straight away. If you don't see something move straight away, what do you do? See, the thing with faith is, it's not always having faith to pray for something in the moment. It's having faith to continue to pray for it when you still haven't seen it happen, right? When you get the test result back and you're still sick, that's when you know when you have faith. When you pray for your daughter who has hip dysplasia and then the doctor says, no, no, she needs more surgery, that's when you need faith, yeah? And so um, Jesus was a little maybe disappointed in the disciples at this point because he's saying you need faith you need faith because if you have faith who speaks to the mountain 
Who speaks to the mountain? Does Jesus speak to the mountain on our behalf? Do we ask Jesus to move the mountain for us? No, what does it say? It says, Truly, I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you, you will say to the mountain, you, me, I speak to the mountain? Apparently so. Because remember, God said, who do we listen to? Jesus. We listen to Jesus. And what did Jesus say? You speak to the mountain. Are you hearing me? Is this good preaching? Or Yeah, yeah okay, all right. Um, so when we look at Japan, we see a nation. Last, last couple of times I prayed for Japan, I saw, you know, bonsai, those cute little trees that should be enormous, but they're like this. Why are they like this? They're like this because someone takes to them their roots and ties them down and, and does all this. And I just saw Japan being pulled out of a pot. It's totally root-bound. Spiritually, this country is so bound. It looks beautiful on the outside. You hear of people that go and travel through Japan for a couple of weeks, and they say, wow, it's so harmonious, so beautiful. It's bound. You've got a tsunami of people committing suicide every, every year, Twenty to 30,000 people. More than that tsunami took out 10 years ago. Every year, dying. Every, I guarantee you, every family you know will know somebody that's committed suicide. Why? Because the devil has this country. Yeah? But the good news is, I speak to the mountain and the mountain moves. And even when it looks like it's not moving, you keep speaking to the mountain until you see it move. Because that's what my Bible says. And my Bible doesn't change. See, I look at the news... And it's current events, but tomorrow, tomorrow it's not going to be current anymore. It's always going to be changing. But I look at this, it's current, and it doesn't change. So guess what I'm going to listen to? What, what the, the Father in heaven says I should listen to? The Son. Jesus, yeah? Cool. Are, are you following me? So Jesus says I could speak to the mountain. Now, the funny thing is, even though I know this, I kind of miss it sometimes. Last week I was asked, this beautiful uh, Fijian Indian guy came up to me. He's, he's less than a year old in the Lord. He'll be about retirement age. Sorry, I shouldn't have said old. Um, maybe maybe slow, his age doesn't matter. Just, okay, forget that bit. If, are you streaming this? Just cut that bit out. Um, he... Um, he said to me, Brother Phil, can you pray? I've got, a, I've got a splitting headache. It's terrible. And I was like, okay. See, the thing is, you want to get a reputation of being someone that can pray and see things happen, yeah? Why did, you know, Jesus didn't actually go around and try and create a ministry. A ministry was created because he knew who he was and he prayed with authority. He prayed with authority. He knew who he was. He spoke to the man and it moved, yeah? So <laughs> he said, Brother Phil, can you pray for my headache? And I was like, okay. So I prayed. And I, I said, can you check it out? Can you see if it's, you know, because I can pray for you. And he's like, no, no, it's good. And I was like, what do you mean it's good? I've only prayed once. You know, like, <laughs> it was like I was praying for the, the headache to be removed. But my response showed that I wasn't quite ready to believe that it was going to go. But it did. Yeah, so the last thing you want to do when you're praying for the sick is saying, I don't believe it. <laughs> we do say it sometimes, but it's, um, and, and that's grace. That's God's grace. You know, even, even 
even in the midst of our weakness, even in the, just the small amount of faith he can use, yeah? So, I just want to emphasize that we will see a harvest in Japan. See, because the thing is, everyone likes to talk about eschatology. Everyone likes to talk about the end times, you know, Who's the bear and who's this and, you know, like, kind of, I get a bit lost. But what I do know is Jesus said, the gospel will be preached to all nations and then the end will come. Well, the gospel hasn't really been preached to Japan yet. So I like to think that, you know, maybe we should look at missions. Maybe we should look at what the church is doing before we try and interpret the signs of the times. Because the thing is, Fear is epidemic. The devil's running rampant with this COVID thing. There's, there's people in the church that are just as feared as those out of the church. I see it. And, and, and you know, we, look and we could look at that and say, oh, well, God must be coming soon. But, but that's, not, that's not really what we, the world needs right now. The, the world needs a, a bunch of Christians that can stand up and say, no, God said that I speak to the mountain and it moves. God said that his spirit dwells in me. Because we could say, you know, I have faith in God. I have faith. I have a faith. And we use this word faith more like a, a, an identity thing. You know, what's your faith? Oh, I'm a Muslim or I'm a Christian. But faith is so much more than that. Faith is actually reading the Bible and becoming into partnership with it and saying, no, I believe that. I don't see it, I don't feel it, but that's what you say, and it doesn't change. And if you say it, then I'm going to have to lift your name and what you say, the Word of God, above my experiences. Jesus, we so thank you that you are who you say you are. And your word is trustworthy. And your word is the same. It doesn't change. Father, I pray that you'd stir us into a faith that is genuine, Lord. A faith that is tenacious. It's fanatical. It's extreme. Lord, you're not calling us to, to half believe you. To believe the bits of the Bible that are easy to believe. You're calling us to become living epistles, to live out that faith. I just pray that, Lord, you'd stir our hearts this morning, that, Lord, if there's any complacency in our hearts toward your word, your gospel, you would stir it up, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. I want to share a story. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it, it was awesome. So I hadn't actually been to... Uh, Melville skate park for a long time and it was my home growing up that was where I sacrificed my my broken bones at the altar of skateboarding for a number of years uh, it's behind me I'm not a heathen anymore I've been delivered but you know sometimes you want to dabble in in those pursuits that you, you know it's you know skateboarding is not evil let's just put that straight yeah yeah let's get that one lined up um so so, you know, I went down there 
and, um, and you know, there's conveniently, there's a playground. So, Henny, you go play there, and I'll play here. We got that sorted. And then, like, maybe four or five, probably more, six people were like, Phil, how you been? Like, a, a lot of guys that I haven't seen for over a decade, long time. Um, and they're all smoking weed and getting drunk and skateboarding. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't advise that. I think the two are not a good combination, um, unless you want to hurt yourself really bad. So um, I was hanging out with them, and then, you know, there's some other guys, new guys, and they're like, you don't know this guy. And I'm like, please stop. Um, I'm really out of shape. I'm not, I'm not going to impress you in any way, shape, or form. Just let, can, we, can we clear that up? So we, um, you know, I skated, and I was um, pretty exhausted um, after about five minutes. Um, but, you know, it was good. It was a good time. And then at the end, I was talking to this guy. He's probably maybe a few years older than me. I, um, he had not, a, not long ago said, you know, do you want to um, smoke some weed? And I said, no, thank you. I don't think that's going to help me at all. Um, Anyway, like, he started sharing about his life, and I was like, oh, this guy's really hurting. So I said, can I pray for you? He's like, yeah, yeah, you can. So I prayed for him, and, um, and the Holy Spirit really messed this guy up. He was, he was really messed up. Like, just really weeping and, and just, just really, I wasn't even sharing the gospel, and this guy's saying, man, I really need to get right with God. Because it's the Spirit of God that convicts people of sin and righteousness. So, um, yeah, in the midst of that dark place, this guy was getting touched by God. Why? Well, I think we've got to believe that God can touch people. I think there's people in here today that have relatives that don't know Jesus, and you prayed for them for years, and you've kind of just not given up, but you just, maybe you don't think that God will move. Maybe you've just convinced yourself that maybe it's a distant future event or something like that. And, and to me, that's been true. I've just recently really started to contend for my, my, my family. And I think it's because a lot of the time, we get things a bit muddled up. See, what we do is we pray. We don't see what we think we should see according to this. And then we start to work things out. You know, our analytical mind kicks in. And we start to try and understand this through our experiences. Yeah? Who's done that before? I have. So what we do is we say, oh, well, you know, God says pray for the sick and they'll be healed. And I pray for this person's back and they're not healed. Maybe I didn't pray right. Maybe they're just not positioned. Maybe we don't have enough faith. Maybe you got a, sooner or later you've got about 25 maybes in the, your back pocket that you're carrying around with you. And God's saying, you speak to the mountain that moves. Maybe prayer is not hit and miss and win or lose. Maybe it's just praying and releasing faith and continuing to do it until you see it. Maybe it's not analyzing things, working them out. Maybe it's not looking at Japan and saying, how are we going to do this? How are we going to see? Da, 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 da. You know, that's, that's not rested. Sooner or later, I'll, I'll be running around on that rat race and looking like I'm more 
tired than the people I'm supposed to be ministering to, yeah? Maybe our circumstances need to yield to the truth. Maybe we need to see our circumstances through the truth. Are you with me? Maybe we need to say, okay, I don't see this, but I know this is what God says, and I'm going to believe for it. Maybe that doesn't diminish your faith. Maybe that increases your faith. Maybe. I just feel like there's some people today that um, maybe you had a faith in your past that was tenacious and you went after stuff and, and you're just not feeling that now. You're just not engaging with faith the way you used to be. And I would encourage you to come forward. I'm, I want to pray for you. I want the fire of God to light you up again. I want to see you burning in this community. I want to see that. And I think you do too. You know, maybe there's certain circumstances that you're trying to pray for and you're just really not getting any breakthrough. And I want to pray with you for those. Um, you know, I'll stay here. I'll, I'll pray with you. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm committed to that. I, I went to Pastor Mike's church on last Sunday. Does anyone Pastor Mike, right? You guys know who I'm talking about. In Fidianga. And it was so funny. He preached a really good sermon. I was like, I'm going to respond to that. So I went up the front and I sat down. And then a whole bunch of other people came up the front, but they stood up. And I was like, oh, oh, that's the wrong thing. I should have stood up. And Mike completely missed, the, missed what was going on. And, and I think actually it was the Holy Spirit. Mike said, yeah, he finished up. And he's like, and I think Phil wants to pray for all of you. He thought me coming up was I was going to minister to them. And I was like, okay, let's go for it. And it was really amazing. It was just a, a beautiful time of ministry. It was a really awesome time of God touching hearts and releasing stuff off people. And it was, it was awesome, you know. And I don't know. I, no one prayed for me, but I, I guess I'm all right. I, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd encourage you. Please come forward. We really, and Camilsa's Mouse, around. I'll just say this too. Camilsa, she's coming with me. And, um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I love God, and he's awesome. But Camusa's the next best thing. She's so amazing. That woman has been through so much, and I've seen her pursue God with such a tenacity. It's been such an encouragement to me. And I know that uh, what she has within her is powerful. I've seen faith at work through her uh, ministering in ways that I, I'm not even there yet. You know, so... She's a huge encouragement to me, but she's also, she's a ministry in herself, you know? And she's not afraid to call me on stuff, which hurts sometimes, yeah? But it's good. It's good. Hey, Phil, I don't think you had any faith there. What are you, what are you doing, you know? So that's been a real encouragement to me, just to journey with this beautiful woman of God. We've been married almost 12 years, and we've got another 40, 50 to go, yeah? So I'm, I'm encouraged by her continually. I just want to honor her. I think she's out in the in the nursery, but yeah. So I'm going to pray, and I, I'd encourage you, if, if you really want to pursue something in faith, see something broken off your life, whatever, I'm happy to just stay out the front here and pray with you, as long as it takes.